The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Again, to it came from the radio, the official League Bank Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. With me via virtual distancing, we have none other than fishy sarcasm, Dominic Definition Man Ferrano. I feel very virtual. We have uh, a senior correspondent, uh, Charlie Saldia. Greetings from the on, virtual world. Man. On this week's show, we have another Jay Bird and Lee segment. At the Tropic Con, uh, L Man Denny Feldy, who's not being able to make it today's episode, uh, interviews artist Tom Travers. And Mark, which is me, uh, interview comic book creator Brandon Ingram. But before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. But wait a minute. If she's here but not here, isn't she still here? Well, she's here in spirit, but future. And past, recording. But past Jen is um, going to talk on this present show for future listeners. Why don't you just say she, a recorded Jen is here? Okay, a recorded Jen is here. Okay. Before we do any of that, we're going to take it away with the news. It's more than time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of celebrating over 26 years of conflict and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention is scheduled for the December the 17th, which is the Big Apple Christmas Con. And their headliner is uh, now uh, Brian O'Hallahan uh, from <clears throat> Clerks. And uh, he is supposed to be there uh, that day. Oh, man, you beat me to it. <laughs> and I want to give out a shout-out to our Patreons, which there are. Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Billy Portez, Newsday, Famous Dressing Media, Unjikun, Shadow Art, Yasmin Ray, and Rosa. If you want to have your own little shout-out, go to our website, www.ikingfriend.com. Go to a little button that says uh, donate. Take it right to our Patreon page, and that's for a dollar a month. You can get a shout-out on our show. We'll greatly appreciate it. Um, speaking of Brian O'Hallahan, did you manage to see Clerks 3 yet? I haven't, but I'm looking forward to it. I know it's supposed to come out to streaming. Ah, so. okay. Yes. Charlie, you're a Clerks fan? Did I see what? Are you a Clerks fan? I actually think you met Brian O'Hallahan, right? From Clerks? Maybe. Yeah, I'm a, any, any fan you want me to be, I am. <laughs> Can you be an oscillating fan? Yes. How about an overhead fan? Um. Yes, I'm a big fan of those. Okay. <laughs> So let's start off, as we always do, with the sad news. Um, actor and stuntman Ted White died recently. As of this recording, which is October the 26th of 2022, no cause of death has been announced. While appearing or performing in such films as Going Ape, Oh God, Book 2, Used Cars, The Original Tron, Starman, Romancing the Stone, Grogan, Against All Odds, Silverado, love that movie, The Hidden, Revenge of the Creature, Swim in Green, Escape from New York, Shirt Circuit, Major League, Roadhouse, and Gone in 60 Seconds, just to name a few, Ted is perhaps best known for playing Jason Voorhees in Friday the 13th, The Final Chapter, which, for those of you not paying attention, 
with part four. Um, of note, Ted had previously doubled for acting legends such as John Wayne, Richard Boone, and Clark Gable, amongst others. That's pretty cool. He was a, a spry 96 years old. Wow. Hey, he was the same age as the Queen. Yeah. Huh. I, I guess so, yeah. So, uh, Charlie, yeah. you're a fan of uh, stunt work and um, Friday 13th? Big, big fan of two movies you mentioned, um, Hughes Cause and Silverado. Yeah, so he was either a small player or a stuntman in those films. Yeah, well, well, Silverado, there was a lot of stunts, so. Yes. That was a good movie, Silverado. Yeah. And it left you with the thought of a sequel that never came. I'm surprised they haven't picked that up yet. Well, I think half of them are dead now, aren't they? Well, Danny Glover's still there. Um, Jeff Goldblum is still there. Uh, That's fair. That's fair. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Was Kevin that. Costner in that? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I distinctly remember him being in that movie. Okay. He's like a young Kevin Costner. Oh, yeah, like okay. The wild, the wild guy. I know Kevin Klein Danny, is still alive. Yeah. Danny Glover? Yeah, see? Yeah, but Brian Dennehy, who played the villain, he's out. He's he dead. played the heavy guy. Yeah. And the little uh, lady from NCIS, what is that? NIC? Oh, Linda Hunt. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. She, she I guess it could salon. still be done. Yeah, it's, it's I possible. like when they don't do sequels, though. <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. I'm just saying, like, not everything needs a sequel 40 years later. <laughs> wow, yeah. true, true. Uh, so moving on for the last bit of sad news. Wow, only um, two, huh? Well, so a little inside. Um, the laptop that I was doing the news on uh, crashed on me twice as I was doing the news, so I had to do it all over again, so I didn't have time to ah. refinish the sad news, which is one of the last things I do for the show. That's what we call technical difficulties. <laughs> yes. So for the last bit of sad news. Oh man, I lost it. Oh, here we go. Um, actor, hey wait, I did another one. I must have lost it. I know there's one more. Uh, anyway, actor Jan Rabson also died recently and also no cause of death has been announced. Jan was one of those that guy actors appearing in numerous one-off movies and TV shows. Of note, Jan was also an accomplished voice actor dubbing various anime and video games, most notably that of Larry Laffer, the main character of the League video game series for seven (laughs) seven of the ten game releases. So he was Larry Laffer of the Legion Shoot Larry's video game uh, character, the voice of that main character, uh, Hmm. for seven out of the ten games, which uh, apparently the games were like, 10 million souls. It was a big big deal back in the old days. I remember a friend of mine, he loved that series. Um, he was uh, 68 years old. So are you familiar with Leisure... Leisure now you got me saying it wrong. Leisure Suit Larry. I'm guessing everybody is going to say no because no one said anything. Not, not particularly. I'm familiar with some of his voiceover stuff, shockingly enough. Okay. I remember being a kid and watching on Saturday morning cartoons um he did the uh the pirates of dark water and so i remember remember that but okay. leisure suit larry doesn't exactly jump to mind senior host Brian charlie saladino you remember leisure suit larry video game series by chance um no it's it's uh under the category of that guy if i saw a picture i was <laughs> oh yeah that guy okay yeah it was that guy <clears throat> that guy so Hence, he was a that guy actor. Yes. So moving on. He's really more of a that voice actor, really. True. I'm very, I'm like looking through his IMDb. Man, this guy had 
did a lot of voice work. Yeah. A lot of voice work. Anyway, sorry. So moving on from the That's a Lot of Nuts department. Our favorite department. It's not necessarily a favorite, but it's the one that gives me the most news. Um, The comic book film, Black Adam, has taken the number one spot in the domestic box office, pulling in $67 million in ticket sales in its first week release, beating out the new George Clooney slash Julia Roberts rom-com, Ticket to Paradise, which came in at number two with $16 million. For those of you keeping track, the new Top Gun sequel is still the highest grossing film of this year, 2022, with $716 million, followed by the Doctor Strange sequel with $411 million. The aforementioned Black Adam is at number 23, and uh, the rom-com uh, Ticket to Paradise is at 46. Now, we had mentioned that Black Adam was one of the movies that might have been the one to take over and be the big winner, but obviously, that's not going to be the case. No. So that leaves us with uh, Black Panther Part 2, Avengers Heart 2, and Puss in Boots 2, because um, Shazam 2 was moved out of this year. So that's only three other movies that may take the crown away from Top Gun. Black Panther Part 2, Blacker Panther. <laughs> I'm gonna if there is one that can do it at this point, it would be Black Panther. I would think? say. What do you think, Charlie? Yeah, Dominic's right. <laughs> okay. I don't hear that enough. Can you say that again? I said Dominic is right. Okay. Right. That that'll sustain me for another decade till I hear it that <laughs> again. How, how much time we got? We have eighteen minutes. Okay, good. So uh so moving on. From the everyone, the superhero now department. You cut in None and out. Other say that again. Give Mar- me the department again. You cut in and out. Uh, the everyone is a superhero now department. Well, doesn't that None- just sound like a feel-good slogan for, <laughs> for today's day and age? None other than Marvel has announced a partnership with DoorDash, of all things, to make a brand new comic called The Dashers which, quote, celebrates the work and lives of those who delivered with DoorDash through independence, ingenuity, and flexibility. The book will feature four Dashers, Ernesto, who values the ability to explore the city and having different experiences, Julia, who appreciates being able to earn flexibility while taking care of her family, Remy, who's an aspiring chef that dashes to support her passion. And Andrew, who is a young tech-savvy college student who dashes to help buy books and support his education. They each utilize their own dasher superpower from the ability to be in multiple places at once or omni-replication to hyper-flexibility or supernatural elasticity and more to navigate the city Dash and ultimately save the city of Dashville. Tory Cast executives saying, <clears throat> We're thrilled to work with Marvel and the authority on superheroes to uplift the stories and experience of Dashers. The pandemic highlighted the vital role of Dashers play in their communities, helping local businesses grow sales and connect customers with essential products. The Dasher comic book celebrates the everyday heroism of Dashers and shows how they have the freedom and flexibility to pursue their passions while dashing. What do you think, Dominic? I think it would be a better comic book if it was about Dasher the reindeer from (laughs) Santa's reindeer who takes up door dashing because Santa doesn't pay him enough. What what about you there, Charlie? 
You know what? My mind is going crazy with possibilities because I heard you incorrectly. I thought you said Marvel is getting together with DoorDash. And I'm thinking, wow, you can have your own superhero delivering your pastrami and rye. Mm, that, that would be good. <laughs> could you imagine that? Yeah. Could you? I, like... I would like uh, liverwurst and monster cheese on rye with mustard and delivered by the Hulk. You know who'd be the ultimate door dasher would be Quicksilver. <laughs> Just think about it. That makes the most sense. Quicksilver would be a great door dasher. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Nightcrawler would be an awesome door dasher. What about Silver Surfer? He'd be a good door dasher. <laughs> yeah. Galactus just isn't paying enough anymore and he needs to supplement and have a side hustle. So like while you guys are talking about that, I'm thinking, wow, this is really, really a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, it'd be a terrible door dasher. Iceman. Yeah, because the food would always be cold unless it's the summer. And and unless he's unless he's door dashing Ralph's Italian ices or (laughs) ice cream, he'd be perfect for that. Yeah. Could you imagine, well, I, like, that's Iceman's side gig? He's like, no, no, I'm sorry. I only do frozen food. I only do, like, <laughs> ice cream, milkshakes. Yeah. And and frozen ices. So moving Could on. you imagine? Oh, wait, yeah, wait, yeah, wait. Yeah, you got Could you it. imagine the possibilities with parents that have their kids eating vegetables? When, mm-hmm. when Spider-Man delivers your broccoli and says, here, young man, better Spider-Man. eat it all up. Spider-Man, young Peter Parker Spider-Man would definitely be a door dasher because he always needs money. Oh, yeah. Definitely. He would be door dashing to pay Aunt May's medical bills. But how and if your, your building was on the 22nd floor, you just swing by. Well, as you, if you remember in Spider-Man 2, he's delivering pizzas. Yes, that's true. Yeah, right? That's, and they were all right. And he still got there late. Okay. You're right. You're so right. Spider-Man <laughs> was a door dasher before door dashing. So. That's it. He was a trendsetter. There you go. So moving on. Uh, all right, Mark. We have to. Done. Go ahead. We yeah, have to. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying this We're done with that. We're done with this. All right. We're moving on. From hey. me. Tell you what. I'll take Miss Barrett back to her apartment and check her out. I'll go check out Miss Barrett's apartment. Department. Ta-da. A new report has come out from the set of Aziz Anasari's new yet-to-be-released film, Being Mortal, regarding Bill Murray's alleged inappropriate behavior turns out that the film was shut down in april of this year after a complaint was made against bill by an unidentified person working on the film the complaint states that bill was quote particularly friendly with one quote much younger female production staffer bill who felt that she had been flirting with him allegedly straddled her on a bed that was he kissed her on the mouth while they both had on masks and made COVID protocols, and Bill said that he was joking, but the horrified woman, allegedly pinned down under Bill's weight, couldn't move and, quote, interpreted his actions as entirely sexual. After the incident, the production staffer made a complaint, as did a witness. The film immediately suspended production. Bill reportedly felt, quote, miserable about what happened. Not just that it was deemed as a, quote, miscommunication with the production staffer, but that the crew had lost their jobs as a result of his behavior. He decided to mediate uh, with the staffer in hopes of putting it behind him and resuming production. The woman also reportedly wanted to finish the film, and they reached an agreement to settle, in which Bill Murray would pay her 
just over $100,000. The settlement also included a non-disclosure agreement, and the woman reportedly waived rights to sue the producers of the film, which includes Searchlight and Disney in the future. Prior to the settlement, Bill says, I did something I thought was funny, and it wasn't taken that way. The company, the movie studio, wanted to do the right thing, so they decided to check it all out, investigate it, so they stopped production. But as of now, we're talking, and we're trying to make peace with each other. I think that's where the real issue is between our peace. We're both professionals. We like each other's work, and we like each other, I think. And if you can really get along and trust each other, there's no point in going further, working together, or making a movie as well. What I always thought was funny as a little kid isn't necessarily what I thought was funny now. Things change, and times change, and it's important for me to figure it out. What do you think about that there, Cena correspondent Charlie Saladino? Well, I think, you know, everybody's everybody has to walk on eggshells these days, you know. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the, um, what the situation, even though it's written down, you just explained it. I still wasn't there. I don't know. You know, I didn't see him do it or I, you know, or would have said, well, he did it within this, you know, joking this. And, but again, just guys in general should know, don't joke around with any females anymore. Right. Seriously. Dominic. You can't, it got to the point, the miserable point where everybody's looking for their fame and fortune and uh, I remember there was a uh, an episode on the new Twilight Zone where this guy goes to the future and the future's run by lawyers. And he anything you do, you could get sued. He accidentally bumped into this lady while he was walking and she she was going to sue him. So that's where we reach now. We, we got to walk on eggshells. You got to respect everybody, but. You know, I mean, really, what what was going on? Like, you can't have stuff. You can't have people like a Don Rickles today. You can't have it all in the family today. You can't have a, a, a the Jeffersons today because everybody is pathetic with I'm offended. But um, again, I don't I don't know the situation. So fair enough. Dominic. That, that's just my opinion. Uh, personally, like the idea of being on top of a woman on a bed, even if you're wearing a mask and then giving her ki- like, that's just not a good idea. <laughs> just, just, even if you think it's going to be funny, that's not funny. That's not going to be seen as funny. It, it's, it's not, it's, you know, it would have been funny if like, she thought it would be funny to do that to him. And then he's like pretending that like, Oh, that would kind of be funny but as a guy on top of a woman who's most likely smaller than you that's not going to come off funny it just it's not unfortunately so what are the thoughts of the hundred thousand dollars uh it's probably like you know appropriate hush money yeah (laughs) let's make this go away what do you want to make it go away hundred grand okay here we go it's got it's done I think it's just, I think it's crazy, <laughs> the whole thing. And, and like Charlie says, you weren't there, so you really can't say. But if he agreed to it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, much... I mean, if if Bill Murray wants to pay me a hundred thousand dollars, he can get on top of me in a bed yeah. and give me a kiss with a mask on, and I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. you know, I'll, I'll not be okay with it and, and take the money. So you know, 
if if she was really devastated, she would have taken it further. You know, I mean, it's hard to say like how she would really feel or, or not, but one would assume <sighs> she one can assume that she feels that I won't say mm-hmm. justice, but recompense has been made. So, yeah. you know, I'm not I'm not putting the blame on her. I'm just saying the situation. If I was totally upset, you know, mm-hmm. how how much would that be worth to me? Yeah, you know. And look, I again, I wasn't there. I don't know. Maybe he was legitimately yeah, exactly. surprised. Exactly. Maybe he was truly um, repentant and felt terrible and really apologized to her. And right, and, I, and, and, I can, and so this. that might have been enough. That might have been. She's like, you know, some yeah. a lot of times. To on a more serious note, a lot of victims of of sexual impropriety and sexual assault they really just want acknowledgement and a an apology i'm not saying everyone i'm just saying oftentimes they just want it to be acknowledged by the person that you did this to me so if if that's what it was and he acknowledged it maybe she felt that she got what she needed out of it i'm sure the hundred thousand dollars didn't hurt but you know that that could have been more important to her i don't know all right so how much time we got left we have six minutes and twenty-five seconds. Oh, that's uh, right, let's go with the let's go with the short one then, because I have this long. I, one. Yeah, I'd recommend it's a good that. one. It's a good one, but uh, yeah. there's always the next week. Yes, um, I'll do this one. I see I can squeeze in the other one. All right. So from the so that's what a video game tastes like department. I'm already confused about that department. Continue. <laughs> Minecraft and Swedish ice cream company. Swedish ice cream company Nix have teamed up to release Minecraft ice cream, which comes in four different flavors. Emerald Minta, described as creamy mint ice cream peppered with tasty peppermint chips. Cafe Blocka, described as creamy birthday cake ice cream swirled with luscious strawberry dotted sprinkles. Uh, Pinot uh, Chocolat Glodas, which is rich chocolate and cream with gold with gold mines of peanut butter cups and enchanted apple pie consisting of sweet apple pie ice cream and a magic swirl of graham cracker crumble. These pints are, these pints are all come in square containers to reflect the video game. Wow. Executives say, Nix and Minecraft both celebrate building an ideal world, a world where your favorite sweet treats aren't just bad for you. Uh, forget about the calories, sugars, or fats and just lose yourself in the pure joy of mining for delicious pinoir putter Peanut butter cups. It's peanut noir kind of cups. Wow. Nuggets of emerald. I keep thinking it's wine flavor. That's <laughs> peanut noir flavored ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> Tasty bits of Pinot Grigio peanut butter. <laughs> yes, that's why I keep on wanting to say Pinot Grigio. Um, yeah. How much do you think would uh? Well, how much would you pay for Minecraft ice cream for a tub? Well, Bob, I think that's five ninety nine. Five ninety nine. Seen across Charlie How much would you pay? Well, I would pay. I would say. Five ninety nine point nine, and uh, I would bring my vomit bag because, oh my god, they sound know, horrible. The, I actually thought the apple one and the um, the mint one sounded pretty good. But Wait, apple like, pie ice cream? Really? Yeah, sure. Why not? I try that. I, I don't, apple I pie like, ice like cream. It. Well, that that makes sense because when you get apple pie, oh, you get, ice cream, you get ice cream. So cut out the middle man. Yeah. 
Look, one of my favorite ice cream places is Snowflake Ice Cream Man Riverhead, and they come up with crazy combinations. My particular favorite one that I get whenever I'm out there is the Peconic Swamp Thing, which is uh, chocolate ice cream with brownies and raspberry uh, jam in it. So, wow. Okay. Uh, wow. Like, for me, like they didn't sound terrible. I mean, they probably sound overpriced. So, so I'll go with $1. <laughs> so it will cost I'll go with one dollar and one cent. It will cost you ten bucks for a tub. Well, that's because kids don't know the value of money and they're just gonna hit up their parents for that. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll pay for that. Yep. Uh, I don't know. There's some of those flavors just like nah, that's not for me. Look, I don't have kids, but I know there's no amount of money they can't buy a kid's silence that a parent wouldn't pay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, if, a, if you got a kid yeah, and you want him to shut up, you'll pay any kind of money. <clears throat> well, and that's proven in my neighborhood because there's a new ice cream uh, place that opened on Lake Avenue specifically for ices and ice cream. And I went in there and I happened to love their coconut ice. And I said, you know what? I'm going to get crazy. I'll take a large one. I got to the to register. 1065, please. <laughs> I well, was you like, know, ah, you should have saved that money and crap. bought yourself some Minecraft ice cream. <laughs> yes. So how much I time we have? That Sixty-five minutes. Yes. Two minutes so I, and twenty-seven I, seconds. Two minutes twenty-seven I, seconds. All right. I could see. Go I would go to final thoughts, but yes. that's me. Go ahead, Charlie. What do you got? Final thought. I think I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to Seven uh, Eleven get some ice cream. <laughs> what's What's your favorite ice cream, there, Charlie? Oh my God! Turkey Hill Rocky Road. Huh, okay, uh, Dominic. Final thought. Uh, my final thought is ten dollars for ice cream is eleven dollars too much. To quote the host of the show, <laughs> <laughs> and I say eleven dollars and one cent too much. Ten ten dollars. Yeah, ten dollar <laughs> ice cream better cure some cancer or something. <laughs> I um, my favorite ice cream is uh, I would say mint chocolate chip or butter pecan. Uh, oh, those are good ones. Yeah, those was like the basic, <laughs> just starting to get a little experimenty back in the day. Uh, I don't think I can handle that stuff. But my final thought is this. Um, I would like to have some $10,000, $100,000. So, you know, Bill Murray, if you're listening, pass it on by. I would greatly appreciate it. Yeah, so, that'd be a good time. <laughs> so with that, we're going to take our break. And we'll be right back with the Game from the Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio, the sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jay Bird and Lee, and today we have a special guest, Riley. Hello. Hey, what's going on today? Not much. Not much? Okay, what's the matter? You got the giggles already? Yeah. Oh, come on. So we want to talk about the New York City Comic Con. Yep. Right? It was, your, it was actually both of our first time experience. Yep, sure what, was. What'd you think? It was actually pretty good, but I still think it's tied with the other... Comic-Con we went to. Oh, the Eternal Con? Yeah, the Eternal Con. The one on Long Island? Really? It's tied. I mean, it was so big, the New York Comic-Con. Yeah, but it's still tied. 
It's still time. All right. Well, what was your favorite part about going to the New York Comic Con? Getting my Legos. Getting your Legos. What Legos did you get? I got Asajj Ventress, um, Darth Vader, uh, Chancellor Palpatine. Uh, what was his name? Oh yeah, Count Dooku and Darth Maul. So you got more Star Wars Legos at yeah. the Comic Con. Yeah. And then you were done. Yeah, then I was that, done. That, that was it. The, then I'm like done. I don't want to see any more. I'm done. I don't care anymore. That was it. Yeah. What about all the all the all the artistry that was there? Don't all, care. What about the people that were dressed up? Don't care. Come on, you didn't like. I don't. I don't care. All I care about is getting Legos from there. Dude, we saw what five Thors. Right, we saw a yeah. fat Thor. We saw a skinny Thor. We saw like a young Thor or something. We saw a lot of Velmas from Scooby Doo. Right? Didn't you like Scooby Doo when you were a kid? I still do. But it's okay now. It's okay now. It's not as good. That's because oh, I man. saw them already like a thousand times over and over again. But then you saw all the Star Wars guys. Right? Wasn't there like stormtroopers and? There, there's actually not as much stormtroopers and stuff as there were last uh, at the Eternal Con. I only saw two stormtroopers. That's it. Well, I guess the other part is that we didn't really take advantage of everything. We didn't go to the panels, which we could go and sit and listen to what they were talking about with their movies and and all the comics. Right? You didn't really want to do that. Yeah, it's boring. We, we missed the cosplay part of it. Yeah. Right. But what about? I mean, your mother went, and she yeah. went crazy. Yeah, she lost her wallet. She did lose her wallet. That's right. She I went. think someone pickpocketed her. Well, she got it back, so I don't know if it was pickpocketed. You know, somebody found it the next even though the money was gone. And the credit cards. And the credit cards, but it was all fine. We took care of that before, when she realized it was gone. But anyway, that's that's not the best part. But I want to talk about like the other stuff that was going on there. Didn't we see like, I mean, there was a lot of shopping. You didn't find anything there other than the Legos that you yeah. wanted. We bought the dog stuff. I didn't want that. Right, but what'd you, what did we buy him? Uh, we bought him what's called a R2-D2 collar. Yeah. I think a Chewy collar. Collar. And uh, bowls that were, one was R2-D2 and one was chewy, like for drinking water and food. All right, fine. Uh, okay, all right. So forget all of that, but it did inspire you for a little bit. Are you go- Like, who are you going to be for Halloween? Boba Fett. Right, Star Wars, right? Yeah. And you weren't, like, happy seeing any of the Star Wars guys at New York Comic Con? Well, there wasn't really money. I guess that's true, but still what? It was still an amazing experience, wasn't it? Yeah, but it wasn't that good. Get out of here, man. I guess your favorite part was going out to dinner. Mm, yeah, but we had to wait like an hour because it was so long just to get our food. But then our food just came like zip. Like came z- so quick. Came quick, yeah. All right. So basically all day at the Comic-Con, New York City was not your thing. You wanted to keep on going to the Long Island Eternal Con? Yeah, that's because there's more Star Wars stuff. Even though it's smaller... Mm. It still has pretty darn good stuff. Okay. All right, fine. So are you looking forward? We're, we're going to go past that. We're going to talk about Halloween because that's coming up. All right, you're Boba Fett. Are you excited? Yeah. Well, then again, not really because then it's on a school day and that just wastes like wastes, uh, like five hours getting not getting candy. Dude, how much candy do you need? I need a lot. Come on. You're going to go to a lot of houses. You're going to get a lot of candy. Fine, but I better trick or treat until twelve o'clock. You know, trick or treating ends at like eight o'clock. It starts at like four and ends at eight. Well, 
on when it's like a weekend, it starts at one and ends at nine. Yeah, but it's not the weekend this year. Well, I still got like five hours. I got five hours until trick or treating's over. Well, I hope you get as much candy as you possibly can. I will. I have to do at least forty houses in one hour. No way you're gonna do forty houses in one hour. Everybody's gotta get something. Forget it. It's not gonna happen. You know what's good about Halloween is that you get exercise in. But you know what's bad about it? Eating candy. Yeah, I guess that's true. And on that note, we're out of here. All right? Yep. All right, stay safe, stay connected. Bye. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. You know this is El Man. You're listening to Akeem from the radio. I'm here with Travers, who is an artist extraordinaire. He made this comic book. Yep. Morgan Studios presents. So what exactly did you create? Can you uh, tell people on the radio what, yeah, we're, what we're looking at right yep. now? This is, um, this is an anthology-style comic book that I did. It features uh, several different stories and characters. Um, created by me and written and drawn by me. Um, it's got my flagship character, Battleskill. He's the main. He's my main uh, character that I used to write a lot of stories for and illustrate for. But there's other stuff in here too. Just whatever kind of strikes me. And what would be some of the themes or topics that we're gonna find out about in this book? Yeah, uh, it's got like a, a sword and sorcery, fantasy kind of edge. A lot of the stories, some of are science fiction, a little bit of horror. Uh, a little humor in there too. Um, that kind of runs the gamut. What kind of sorcery is like? Like, what is sorcery? What is sorcery to someone who's in the health field? And uh, okay. I don't really know about sorcerers. Yeah. Like, what is sorcery? Right. Sword and sorcery. It's like a genre. Wondering. Yeah. It's. Uh, what is sorcery? I, sorcery. I, mean, I, guess it's I know like, it's like yeah. spells. And right. Spells? Yeah. yeah. Uh, wizards and all that kind of stuff. Black magic, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't, I don't really go like too into double, it, but... double toil and trouble. That's right. sorcery. Right. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. That, so if I wanted. Yeah. You to stay doing this interview for another three days. I can yes. maybe do some sorcery yeah. to mind-boggle you. Yes. Okay. Okay. Sorcery sounds pretty cool. I mean, you gotta yeah. do some sorcery during like business meetings. Absolutely. There's by sorcery. Do you think sorcery happens in business meetings? Um, I'm sure people have their ways of uh, charming, charming people to get them to do what they want. <laughs> have you ever did anything that would be? considered sorcery some sorcery yeah uh, tell them it came from the radio are wow. you involved in sorcery uh, <laughs> I have uh, offered I've made offerings to the gods of art to, to, be, to be a better artist have no, you done no, prayers I no I haven't but I kind of have it's funny to think of. oh yeah yeah I made promises oh, okay, I made promises cool. that I would do like anti-drug help and I'd help okay. the world's health and I made multiple promises that I would help the health of the world. So I have some promises to whatever powers right. I be. So let's get back to you. Right, so this kind of reminds me of like Scooby-Doo a little. I hear mentioned okay. like the mummy. Yep. I've starred in a movie that's kind of soup Scooby-Doo. Like also mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, definitely. Is, there, definitely. is that influence? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, very, I'm a very nostalgic uh, person. I grew up in the 80s and 90s, so a lot of that stuff seeps into what I do. Absolutely. So there's influences from Yeah, what are stuff. your influences for this? Like top um, three. Top three influences yeah. for this stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, 
definitely my favorite comic book series, uh, several comic book series that I love, like Battle Chasers uh, by Joe Manarera from the late uh, 90s. That was like my favorite comic book ever, so that's in there. Conan the Barbarian uh, is a huge influence for me. Um, the character the character of Conan and all the Conan type stuff. Um, and yeah, like 80s and 90s um, action-adventure cartoons and comics and stuff. You remember Popples? Popples, I know the name, yeah. Oh, Popples yeah, was, like, was my It was favorite. like an 80s toy or whatever. Wow, yeah. so freaking cool. Yeah. Yes. So let's get back to more. Okay, so you have a lot of artwork here. Yes. Uh, clearly, this is taking a lot of time, unless yes. you have a, you're a real sorcerer. You just, right. you know. <laughs> How many hours would you say a week do you spend on your art? Uh, well, I wish I could spend more. Unfortunately, I don't work full time as an artist, but um, okay. I probably do. What else do you do? What's your other? Uh, I work in. I, right now, I'm doing real estate appraisal, and that's right. kind of boring. But, but that's good money. <laughs> it, it is. So it can fund the art. That's right. That's what I have to do. Artists so. often. And yeah. need that for yes, sure. Yes, absolutely. Okay. But yeah, I guess um, I never thought about how many hours it is, but yeah. probably fifteen or more. I try to do fifteen or more. Yeah, I, don't know, I try to every evening. I try to make time. Like right now, I'm drawing a comic book, so I'm trying to do a full page a week. It takes a long time to do all the steps and um, get everything finished up. So do you I'm ever think about things. you know getting so well known and successful that? just put your art in any type of real estate and now the real estate appraisal goes up because your yeah. art is there. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. That's what I would If think. I had that kind of pull, that would be great. Maybe throw do some that. Art, throw yeah. some art on the wall. And, uh, Set your intentions. Maybe that's, that's what happens. You're like, oh, all this real estate appraisal. All right, so we're at the end of this little wacky interview. Any final thoughts for it came from the radio and, or society? Wow, that's a broad, broad Yeah, anything. Anything um, you have to share. Uh, stay creative, everybody. So, uh, make time to be creative if you can. And, uh, you know, that's what keeps me going. So that's all I can say. Is, you know, even if you, you know, if you don't have the most exciting job in the world, make sure you do find something cool to do and, and find your passion and go with that. And what has final question? What has being creative done for you? Like, how? What are some of the specific benefits? Specific you? benefits. Yeah. Um, I think it keeps me young, young at heart. It keeps me uh, energized. Mm-hmm. Um, it keeps me inspired. I always feel like there's more stuff. I, there's more stories I want to tell. More images I want to create. So that keeps me revved up and, and moving forward so it's been very directly inspirational for my life so. we can create yeah. the schemes we can create your dreams if you're young at heart That's right. young at heart thank you so much for being on came from the radio and back to the studio mark Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to We Came From Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. I am here virtually, virtually distanced, of course, with none other than uh, comic book creator, Brandon Ingram. Say hi, Brandon. Thank you. Hi, everyone. So first off, welcome back. Uh, you were here not too long ago. You were here this year. So at the very least, uh, you're, you're really working hard on the comic book world. So what have you been doing since the last time you were here with The Gallows Man and your new book that you're here to promote today? Yeah, yeah. So since last time, I've, I've been working on all kinds of other scripts and stuff, future series that 
we'll likely see the light in light of day in the next year or two. But uh, first thing, Gallows Man, uh, that Kickstarter went great for issues one and two. Um, issue three Kickstarter will likely have that up probably sometime between like February and May of 2023. Uh, but currently the main focus is the Kickstarter for Disney Avenue number one and two. It's basically like my horror anthology series, but issues one and two focus more in like psychological cosmic horror. And these were actually like the first comics I ever made, even before the gallows man. Um, these were made before the gallows man, but gallows man was the first one to really come out. Now, I remember, um, with the Gallows Man, at the very least, you were mentioning how it was a, going to be a screenplay and then it turned into a yeah. comic. Is this the same thing with, uh, the Disney comics? It, at least with these first two issues. Yeah. These first two issues, the first issue is a 40 page story with like a, a one page comic at the end. And it's all contained, all one story. And yeah, it was originally written as a, a short film, which, one day I'd love to get that one turned into a short film. Um, and then with issue two, it's four different stories. It's 60 pages in total. Um, but like of story, not just the, the bonus material in the back, but four different stories within it that if you look hard enough, do tie into each other somewhat. So is this something, so you said this was your first, um, creation. So how long ago was it when you first thought of this till now? So when it came to writing the scripts, uh, it kind of, for, for all five of these stories, kind of between 2017 to 2019 is when they were all written. Um, it, it pretty much started like a couple years after high school. Like right after high school, I started getting into writing and I thought I wasn't into writing, but then I look back it's like oh no there were steps along the way that showed that i i liked it um but yeah just just getting into that and i i was really into writing short horror scripts because i'm a huge fan of stuff like the twilight zone and stuff uh very anthology based uh series and stuff like that um and, and that's kind of just how it started the the first horror comic i made is going to be an issue two. It's called Raw Horror. It's only an eight-page comic, but that was the first one I made. The first one I sought an art or an artist for and worked with up on it, and it just kind of went from there. From there, I, I started uh, searching for more artists and, and made these two comics. Um, but yeah, basically a 2017 to 2019 process. Wow. So when you think of so since you originally did it as a as a screenplay to be either a TV show or movies or, or some type of a visual medium. Yeah, yeah. When you're searching out for an artist, do you look to see if it matches what you had intended in your mind's eye of what you thought it was going to look like on screen? Or is it just a completely different uh, search when you're looking for an, or the right artist? Well, at least for these two scripts, I had the right art styles that I wanted for it. Um, the first, uh, uh, comics that I was making was for issue two. So with something like the story raw horror and issue two, it's very surreal, kind of dreamlike and atmospheric. And I, I wanted an artist that can really encapsulate that style. I found an artist named Jade Sky on DeviantArt and 
same thing with the other stories in there. The first story that's in there tolls the bells. It's if you're a big manga person or a big horror person, you probably know of a guy named Junji Ito. Um, the art style in that is very much Junji Ito vibes because the story feels very much like something Junji Ito would do. Um, and then there's another story that is more contemporary art style, but it is beautiful art style. And then the last story uh, I had in mind because it's, it's a little bit crude, a little bit crass in some points. Um, I had in mind a Dr. Seuss-esque art style, like a Dr. Seuss-esque art style for this horror comic. And so it, it's very different horror, or very different comic styles for these horror comics. But I, I really like that. I think it, it adds a ton of variety to it. So when normally when you have an anthology series of especially with horror types, there's usually a host or somebody to tie the stories together. Now you said originally that if you look really hard, there is a, a thread between all the stories. But do you have or did you create a, a character to like host and narrate the stories? I didn't do that. I, I did think about doing that whenever I was first making the comics uh, back in 2019, like finding artists and stuff. I thought about doing the the having a Rod Serling esque character there to, to bring you into each story or having a a crypt keeper like tells from the crypts to kind of bring you into each story but it's kind of like nah I kind of just want it to go from each story to each story and I, I ultimately like it that way that, that's not to say that you won't see that in the future there's a chance where uh, a certain issue it feels best to do that but with these two no but I will say there was, uh, like I mentioned before, Twilight Zone uh, influence with this series. Um, and, and there's there's little hints here and there. There's even on the back of uh, the issues, you'll see my own little uh, Twilight Zone-esque catchphrase for, for each book. But uh, that, that's something to look at when it it starts rolling out. All right. So um, I remember with the Gallows Man, and we discussed uh, last time, um, you're a huge Norm MacDonald fan, and I'm a huge Norm MacDonald fan, so we had that yeah. the comedy connection together. What's your favorite horror movie or, or, or franchise? So favorite horror movie or franchise? Uh, I, I can't say I have the number one, but stuff that like sticks out to me. Um, I love John Carpenter's The Thing. Um, I love the descent. I don't think that one gets talked enough. I oh really my like God. The um, it, it's one of my favorite horror movies because it, it's, it's the one horror movie. Like, yes, it has like the dark and the monster stuff, but the first half of the movie is a, just a natural horror movie in the case that like, I'm not claustrophobic, but that first half of the movie, like, I'm scared. Like I fear, like it makes me feel claustrophobic, even though I'm not claustrophobic because of the, the tight caves and stuff like that. That one stands out to me a lot. Um, I, I obviously like the, the classic franchises and stuff like nightmare on Elm street, Halloween, uh, Friday the 13th. If, if it was between those three, I'd have to probably say uh, Friday the 13th, even though, 
there's only a few good ones in there. I kind of like how insane it got by the time of Jason X. I'm one of probably few people that love Jason X because it's so crazy. Because they really leaned into it. They leaned into like, okay, like we went everywhere with this franchise. Yeah, Jason in space. Yeah, this android with machine guns just shooting at him and stuff. Like, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> where else are you going to go with it at this point? I'm amazed you pulled out The Descent. I love that movie. It's great. It is did a great you, movie. Did you see the original uh, theatrical release or did you see the uh, the home video release afterwards? Because the ending is different. Okay, so so tell me what the theatrical one is because I've, I've only seen the DVD one. Oh, okay, so then you uh, say, so in the DVD version, if you remember, when she uh, escapes and then she gets to the car and then she turns her head and there's the, the uh, Nelly Mendoza in the back and it's just like a scream in the car. Yeah, yeah. And then it cuts back. Yeah, and she, she like was asleep. And she's right. In the case, so, so in the yeah, theatrical yeah. version, that's where it ends. So the scream is where it ends. So you think she escaped. <laughs> Spoilers, but it, oh. so it made you believe that she escaped. So I'm watching this movie in the theaters, and I'm like, I don't think she escaped. And you know, we had our friends, and we were all discussing. We're like, I don't think she escaped. And they're like, Yeah, yeah, she escaped. I'm like, I, I don't think she escaped. And then years later, we saw the DVD. It's like, Ha ha! I was right yeah, because yeah. Of the way they had set it up. So I guess for whatever reason, they decided to cut that at that point of the ending, and it's a completely oh. different movie. And I don't know if yeah, you're aware, but they made so a sequel odd. to that. Yeah, the sequel. So here's the thing. I, I was showing the Descent movies to my sister because uh, she's getting into horror and stuff now. I showed this like a year or two ago. Um, we watched Descent 1. She really liked it. We watched Descent Part 2. And I liked the movie up till the last minute of the movie. Like before the last minute of the movie, I give it like at least a 7 out of 10. That last move, that last minute of the movie ruins the entire movie for me. <laughs> I hate the last minute of Descent Part Two. So what you do is you stop it before the end of the minute and be like, "This is the greatest movie." Ever. <laughs> Basically, when she's getting out of the cave, before you show random hillbilly guy that we saw only thirty seconds of in like the first fifteen minutes of the movie, before yeah. you showed that whole double cross thing, like. Before that, end it there. It's good, but yeah, that last minute infuriated. So, do you find that there is? I can't believe that a we have such a connection with the comedy, and now we have a connection with the horror. Do you find that there is yeah. a connection between horror and comedy? You have about three minutes left. Oh, for sure, for sure. You won't see a ton of it in uh, in something like Disney Avenue One and Two, but. Uh, as I've been writing, cause I, I've written scripts for up to seven issues of Disney Avenue, but that doesn't mean it stop. It can stop there. It can go as long as, as it, uh, as it wants to, but there are horror and comedy stories within that. I mean, there's great horror comedies out there. Uh, Tucker and Dale versus evil. I think is what it is. I really like that. Movie. It's hilarious. It, it, it goes. It goes against the typical thing of these rednecks like, oh, they're the villains. They're out to get us. And really, they're just like nice, humble guys that are like misunderstood because they look a certain way. And it turns out the monsters are the teenagers, especially one teenager is like a psycho and trying to kill them. Uh, 
yeah, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, something like Psycho Goreman, I think is hilarious and a, a great horror movie. Yeah, I, I think horror and comedy can go great together. You don't see it executed great all the time, but yeah, it, it's something that when you do see it, it's like, oh, it's a brush, a breath of fresh air, like a good horror comedy, like Shaun of the Dead or, or one that a lot of people don't know of, uh, uh, One Cut of the Dead. It's a zombie movie about, it's basically these people making a zombie movie and a zombie outbreak happened while they're making the movie. I'm not going to say more than that. And you shouldn't look up more than that. You should just watch One Cut of the Dead and go from there. All right. So we're almost out of time. So social media time. Where can people find out more about the book? Where can they find the Kickstarter and social media places to find you? Yeah, so I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Disney Comics. That's D-I-S-M-A-Y Comics. Um, you can check out the the progress of Disney Avenue 1 and 2, the Kickstarter coming out in October 18th, from October 18th to November 18th, and as well as progress with series like The Gallows Man and progress with other series that will come out eventually. But uh uh, definitely save the date on Disney Avenue number one and two. Check out that Kickstarter when it launches October 18th and, and see from there if, if it's something you're into. I mean, it's two comics over a hundred pages of story. So you're getting a lot of, a lot of bang for your buck. There's likely at least one story you're, you'll like, but I think you'll like them all. All right. So with about 30 seconds left, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, if you haven't seen The Descent, watch The Descent, skip part two, or if you do watch part two, skip the last minute um, and go see uh, One Cut of the Dead if you haven't seen that. All right. So with that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back. I came from the radio. Take care. Hey, guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Hi, this is Suli from Face Off Season 2. You're listening to It Came From The Radio. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, indievolt.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.